Come on, guys. Episode 445. We're halfway to 890. You know, and we're winding down 2018. Mm-hmm. We're really we're really getting close. There's only a couple more episodes left, and uh, it really feels like we're getting into the slowdown uh, as far as work goes, but speed up for Oscar movies. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, But like we were talking about before, not only is it uh, we're speeding up on Oscar movies, that the um, studios have decided that around Christmas is going to be the second summer. Oh, yeah. For, a movie, for summer movies now. Uh, this is, I think, um, an interesting thing coming up this weekend. We'll get into a little later. But you have Deadpool, PG-13, coming out along with Into the Spider-Verse. So you yeah. have two Marvel properties that aren't produced by Marvel coming out on the same and a, weekend. We just, and a Transformer movie. And a Transformer that, movie. That yeah. you're going to yeah. talk about. Mm-hmm. That's coming up, too. Uh, so, all right. Let's... Um, uh, do we have any announcements, or we'll just get into our guests? I know. Well, our announcements are this, guys. Well, on Christmas, since uh, Christmas Day, we're going to re- release our year-end thank you show, and mm-hmm. then January first, we're going to do a uh, a 2019 movie preview episode. Yes, to kind of get you prime for what's mm-hmm. coming up for the year and well, uh, what we're roll. excited about, and what we may not be so excited about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's a good and a bad. Yeah. So let's in, uh, let's bring in our guest here. He's been on the show multiple times. Yep. He's uh, has his own show on all things comedy, Tinfoil Hat, which I was just on. It's kind of a podcast chameleon. Every time we were with Sam, he's like doing a different show. He's got a different angle. Yeah. It's really kind of cool. He, like he, he's constantly evolving. He's a podcast evolver. <laughs> I respect that, dude. I respect that. That's the nice thing anyone's ever said. About Adapt or die, dog. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Tripoli, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. How is um? So, well, I was just on Tinfoil Hat, yeah. which I absolutely love doing. Yeah, you were great, man. We just mm-hmm. love, and I've picked up some fans, like some of the, uh, like a couple of Tinfoil Hat people have come out to see Ron Placona and I do progressive comedy tour stuff. Which great, is great. So it's like they're a very interesting group. They're very supportive. Like on that one feed, I've had four different podcasts. Right, <laughs> they whatever reason the other right. ones fl- like the naughty show was just it it ran it ran its course. It was great. Mm-hmm. We did three hundred episodes. You can only interview a transsexual midget so many times before you've heard the story, <laughs> you know. And so that that died off. And then you know I did like a uh, 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 a ranting show, then a storytelling show, and then just one day I decided to start doing just I love conspiracies, and it just it's hit and it's been a lot of fun and it's interesting as shit. Well, the thing that's cool about what you're doing, I mean, the thing we all have learned in this digital podcasting, you know, YouTube era is you got to find a niche. You have to find you have to find that and. And if you get lucky, you tap into something that's maybe already there or people are hungry for it. And man, people love conspiracies. They absolutely love talking about it. I love talking about I mean, like... They either love talking about it or they absolutely hate talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something I've had to learn slowly over time. It's like... Mm-hmm. You just can't, I, I get booked on all these like radio shows and that's all they want to talk about is conspiracies. And within five minutes, everybody's screaming at each other because, you know... Some people like comforting lies over like unsettling truths. And it just is what it is. It's like, it's like I spend time studying this stuff and like, nope, nope, it's not real. It's like, it's like weird. Politics is the one thing where you can do no research and you have a PhD in it. You have a PhD, (laughs) you know, everything. And so you just got to watch who you bring it up to. Mm. Yeah, true. Because I don't know. Movie reviews kind of similar. 
I'm sure. Yeah, you can, you can sub. Yeah, it's it's not. I can tell you as a guy that does a political YouTube yeah. show, it's not as close. Right. Yeah. As Chris, I, I've read our angry emails yes, and I've read the true. political vigilante ones. And Probably like, not as similar. A little yeah. different. Yeah. But right. Yes, people get passionate about movies, mm -hmm. but um, I think the thing about politics is like. If people, and I think part of it is just in this country, because we have this this two-party system, you have to group think one way of or course. group think the other. And whatever one you, then then you can't, and the thing I've noticed, neither, neither, like I've said, like the diehard Trumpers and the diehard Hillary people act almost identical. 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 They don't get it. They don't, and they wig out over just like the facts, like Trump has done these things. So right. Is this the stuff you cover on the conspiracy? The yeah, show, we go. I'm like, I, I, we do geopolitical. <laughs> we'll but do, do you do like alien stuff? Like yeah, yeah, do, yeah. Oh, I, I love it all. Uh -huh. I mean, I know if I do a political show, um, what was the great? The death of George Bush, right? right? If I do that show, I'll get great numbers. Mm -hmm. I know if I go into like the paranormal, it's not going to be the same numbers. But I don't want to do uh, an echo chamber. Right. I just mm -hmm. don't. I know what if I say these things, they will mm -hmm. love it. Mm -hmm. Right. But I think that's the problem with MSNBC and Fox is you're just telling them what they want to hear. Yeah. Now, and I'm like, I want both sides to be heard. Now, what you have, um, you have Tinfoil Hot, and you also have Punch Drunk. Yeah, right? Punch Drunk Sports. So now that is that specifically sports, or you guys go off on tangents? Well, on you that know, too? it's more like the launching point is sports, and mm -hmm. you know, some days we'll talk all sports, and then some days we'll just talk. What's going on in the world? It's it's a, it's an interesting podcast. All right, so let's get into some movies. Let's talk. Some yeah. Movies. Now, Widows was a movie that uh, I've heard nothing but good things about, mm -hmm. and I haven't had a chance to see it. So I was really curious to see what your take was, especially when I'm really like, this is the guy's first film, uh, Steve McQueen, since ten years, twelve years a slave. It's like um, quite an interesting choice after doing that movie. <laughs> you know, and that's. This was more than just they gave Viola Davis a taken, right? You know, like this is, this is, which I have. We've talked. I love it yeah. when they're just mm -hmm. like you get a take. Everyone gets a taken. Right. Mm -hmm. This is way more than that um, mm -hmm. because it it deals with it deal like the thing I loved about it, it deals with the entrenched politics of Chicago because that's where okay. this movie takes mm -hmm. place. So Colin Farrell is running to be an alderman. So if you mm -hmm. know, I, I grew up in Chicago. So the aldermen, shady woo, stuff. Dude. They all Chicago alderman man. Is he allowed to run because he's foreign? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's allowed to try to do a bad Chicago accent. <laughs> so that was there was a couple areas overall good movie. I liked it uh -huh. mainly because Viola Davis. It, it's a heist movie, right? It is a heist movie. Uh -huh. So the the premise and this is all in the trailer. I won't spoil anything. Right. She's married to Liam Neeson. He's a he's a criminal. She's kind of aware of his life, mm -hmm. but kind of like, fine, you do your thing. I don't know that right. much about like it. Like a mob wife. Is yeah. she, Liam Neeson, bad guy in this movie? Yeah. That's so. That's such an interesting shift of brand. Yes. Yeah. And 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 so it starts out like he's just this, he's criminal, and uh, the top of the movie, a, a big heist goes sideways, and he and his crew die, and they rob from the wrong guy. They rob from a guy that's actually a former mobster, still is a gangster guy, not Italian mob, but street thug, you know, drug dealer guy mm. who's now running for alderman against Colin Farrell. So there's the like murkiness of it, which is good. I love the like, it's not clean cut. They're not right. like, 
blurring some lines. A lot of blurry lines. Right. And, and in that, and in all these conversations, you see, and Steve McQueen wrote the, the script with, uh, I forget who else, but, but he wrote it. And you see, like, no one's innocent. You right. know, like there's a local preacher that's got a big congregation. And yeah. Mm-hmm. He normally backs Farrell and he mm-hmm. does, he, bu- you know, so it's like, and the, the actor. Because that's life. Well, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. well, religion and politics don't mix. I'm like, oh, wait no. a minute. <laughs> yeah, wait a yeah. minute. <laughs> Nobody uses yeah. religion for power. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, that's never happened. Well, what I didn't realize, too, this movie, it's, a, uh, it's based on a 1983 British TV series. Ah. So that's, uh, um, so yeah, it's interesting that this is actually a remake. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it, it, um, I just want to bring up, because the guy from Get Out, the lead character from Get Out, plays mm-hmm. one of the, like, henchmen. Mm-hmm. And he's, man, he, him and Viola Davis are fantastic. Um, the guy from Walking Dead's in it, too, John Bernthal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Michelle Rodriguez is in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really, it, it's, it's, Brian uh, Tyree Henry plays Jamal Manning, which is really, uh, he does a good job with that. And then I want to see where's his. Uh, was this a, a taken for women? Like sometimes when you do an all female cast, I feel like guys get turned off because they've seen like what what female entertainment is, which is just shit on guys the whole time. Like right. you're literally paying to be told how stupid you are. <laughs> <laughs> for like two hours, whatever it is, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm just an idiot. And you know, if it went the other way, there'd be outrage and uh, you know, well, hashtags. You know, and all it's, that a, it's stuff. interesting when um, Hollywood falls into that trap of like, uh, well, this is what women want. Those movies very rarely do well. Like it's when the, those movies with female leads and female-driven storylines um, are more organic and like broaden the the net and widen the net and catch everyone because it's an entertaining story and characters that's when they do well that's what this movie does Mm -hmm. there's a couple like i said colin farrell trying to do a chicago accent a couple times i'm like i'm from chicago that's not a chicago accent he's such an interesting dude like what a weird it's a great career Mm -hmm. but it's a weird career Mm -hmm. it well that's the thing like like he's a guy that you go uh, you know i think I, I go. Is he an A-list actor? He is, but then oh, he Colin has. Colin Farrell, yeah, yeah, yeah is. but is he? But I mean, a minus. Like, <laughs> I go B plus nah. because I think we we talk about this before. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I've talked about this before. Everyone's like, "Oh, Colin Farrell's amazing." Mm-hmm. Give me his resume. Give me his three to six amazing performances that he's done. Mm-hmm. Like good looking isn't a, a, a an no. acting talent. No, in Bruges, in, yeah. Tigerland, okay, Aaron. Aaron loves the shit on everybody's birthday cake. <laughs> just comes in with a, with just a comment to throw our fucking good point out the door. <laughs> you know, uh, I just, I mean, like, I don't hate him, dude. God bless. I mean, he was actually good in that. Uh, gosh, I can't remember the name of it. The the Mary Poppins movie, where Tom Hanks plays Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's good. Oh, you know, I can't he, pl- the name he plays some. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to just take just shit all over Colin Farrell, but he's not as, um, Daniel Kaluuya. That's the lead character from, from get out. Okay. So he, Kaluuya is his SNL name, right? (laughs) He's really good too, because in get out, you know, he just plays this like nice guy boyfriend. who's like, Oh my God, I'm in this crazy situation. I love get out. I love what he did there. This movie, he plays a fucking evil button man. Saving Mr. Banks was that Disney movie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so 
aside Colin Farrell's accent aside, he plays a pretty decent. He's the he's inherited his Robert Duvall is this old Irish guy who's been the alderman for 30 years and right. now it's his son. And you see the mm -hmm. entrenched corrupt oh, yeah. politics. Family of Chicago. politics. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. the racist. You mm -hmm. know, his, Robert Duvall, there's some great scenes and it says here that they improvise them, which is really, right. it comes across. It feels like if you had this type of dad that was just power hungry and old school, that this is, and you're trying to like be your own man, but you're afraid of him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. there's, so there's, there's. Well, th that's an interesting dynamic. Yes. Like, you know, so that'd be really interesting to watch, I would think. It is interesting. Mm -hmm. And then there's some scenes where Colin Farrell's like, I don't even want this. Yeah, I, I think sometimes you, these kids just end up going into the dad's business because mm -hmm. it's what is available. And you right. can obviously tell they don't like doing it. I bet it's you, just what they know. It's, I bet you George Steinbrenner's kid could give a shit about the Yankees. Right? right? I, I bet you he's like, I don't fucking care about baseball. Mm -hmm. You know? And they're never... I've been surrounded by it for 80 years. I don't care. <laughs> well, I mean, look at Mark Davis and what? the Raiders. I mean... What, what's that, Aaron? He's actually... Yeah, he's the owner. <laughs> That's what I mean. He inherited his dad's business. That's yeah. my yeah. point. He just had to take it over, but doesn't really want to do it. I really... In seeing interviews with Steinbrenner's kid, I bet you he doesn't really want to do it. Yeah. And I and that's there's this thing that Colin Farrell is there's a couple scenes. And where, I think before every interview, a publicist whispers in his ear, "Remember, don't mention how smile. much you don't want to yeah. do this." Smile, smile. <laughs> Talk about how, like you care. Talk yeah. about how great the Yankees yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. You love yeah. baseball. It's very interesting when the kids of something get in, man. Because mm -hmm. you know, in Japan, you're not allowed to leave your business to your kids. It's illegal. Wow. When when a, when a child takes over a business, like you see in the stock market, like the stock drops. Because everybody knows it's like, did, did he earn this spot or was he given this spot? Right. Does he have the actual skills to do it? Because just because you're somebody's kid doesn't mean you have all their skills. Right. You see it happen a lot. All the time. Because the thing is, is the, the, the parent who that was successful usually had to claw out of some yeah. difficult situation. Right. The kid just is born into easy life. Yeah. And what are they going to do? So- there's that thing in there and there's there's cool there's cool there's a little and I don't want to spoil it there's a little twisty turny stuff kind of towards the end where I was like did we need that mm. um th that but but going, in what sense well like I, without spoiling it it's but, hard to say it without spoiling okay okay, okay. okay. but just but, some twists just some twists mm. and turn where I'm just like okay mm. but going back to the question of a a primarily female cast the the way they wrote because from the trailer, I'm like, all right, how are regular... I always, I always have a question. When, whenever it's like a regular person just immediately becomes a badass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just right. like he was right. pushed too far. You right. know, like, really? How could he just... You know, they did a good job of these women were thrown into it. A couple of them, you know, and, and, and they don't... These women have I have to kind of own the fact, and it's done quite well, I thought, of like, you knew your fucking husbands were into some shit. Don't right, don't right. play all like what That's the hell? made off yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah, I, I know. know. You knew yeah. exactly what was going on yeah, and you're yeah. crying that you have no money. You knew exactly what's going on. Yeah. It's like mob wives. It's yeah. like they're, they're yeah. like, you know, I don't know, he yeah. just went out and went to business. Like yeah. Jerry Sandusky's wife. I yeah. just heard noises yeah. from yeah. the basement. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Tony Soprano's wife. Yeah. I had no idea. Oh. Yeah. It's amazing how many uh, bad guys get laid a lot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like Hitler got a ton of action, right? <laughs> so there's there's some of that in there, and it's it's you sort of see the the 
all right, they better figure this out. And Viola Davis is like, we need to just, we got to figure this out. And you see them sort of stumble around. They're like, well, how am I going to go buy guns? I don't know. It's America. Is it, is, <laughs> I, like, the question we always have is when, the, you know, there's this weird thing with, when we, comic books always love to put like super hot women as action heroes. And it's great a comic book. But when you see it in a movie, you're like, that would never happen. Like right. uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, what's her face? The waif model mm-hmm. that is like swinging a, a sword that weighs three right. times her. Oh, yeah. And you're Kira, like, Kira Knightley. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like, she's not fighting. She, the only thing yeah. she's fighting is anorexia, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. this, it doesn't play to <laughs> you me. You want to see real. Ronda Rousey as an actor. Something star. like that. Yes. Does mm-hmm. it come off like mm-hmm. that? You're yeah, like, it does. It's like, it's like. And Gal Gadot. I mean, she was a soldier. Yeah. Like, you, you, you believe her. I mean, I, she even got criticism. Oh, she's too small and. You know what model like, and I'm thinking uh, I don't she know. was in the Israeli I, army. She, yeah, she knows I, how to fight. And yeah, Michelle I, Rodriguez, I, you know, they did a good job her with her. You know, she's a beautiful woman, but they dressed her down to just look like a mom. You know, I haven't seen the know. movie, but uh, let me ask this: Did Michelle Rodriguez did she frown a lot? <laughs> she, she, it's weird. She wasn't all smiles, yeah. and she didn't break into a song, a song and dance routine. No, she was always like, "What?" Like yeah, that's her yeah. whole that's her, her whole thing. That's huh? her whole bread and butter. Yeah. Like Clint Eastwood made a living off of one glance, so yeah. that's what she does. But no, there's some, there's some, there's some really cool, you know, and it shows sort of the the, the corruption of it. And mm. um, again, Viola Davis, man, the flashbacks of Liam Neeson, and uh, you know, the 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 they all got involved in this situation, and they probably are like, "Fuck, we shouldn't have." Mm-hmm. And you know, I I. I uh, yeah, there, there, there was definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, overall, it's a good movie. I mean, it's cool. it's it's getting it's getting good reviews. I mean, there's a little like you can tell. There was some like, well, this is a Me Too movie, so all the women have to be great, and all the guys have to be horrible. There's a little bit of that, but that, that is that is that's like it's a little bit of that where you're like, okay, mm-hmm. but overall I liked it and I liked the characters and I liked the development and I like, you know, I like a heist movie. I just like right. a good heist movie. I love movie. them. Mm-hmm. I love a good heist movie. That's why, I mean, this was, this was the thing like when we, we talked about. I root for bank robber spot. Yeah, when I course. see it on the news, when they're like, ah, but I go, I hope they got away. I hope they got as away. As long as nobody dies, get away. Yeah. And they, no one gets hurt. No innocence, no, especially no innocent people. If the, if they're the, the last of the outlaws. Yeah. Like, if the CEO of Wells Fargo, the head guy that got the $124 million severance package, if he got one between the eyes, I wouldn't lose it. <laughs> Not but, none of, at all. but none of the employees should get it. But so, so you're kind of like, and the thing about a heist is a good heist movie, and this does it, usually tells so you. guys you, are just kind of, you know, um, talking about just basically going to the purge. Yeah, this, yes. is, this, is, this is where we're headed. No, <laughs> no, I just, well, the, the thing is, is they do, I mean, a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, the, a good heist movie paints the picture as to why, mm. gives you compelling reasons as to why they have to right. do this. Why someone might betray someone, mm-hmm. why someone is, do, why like all of this, um, and and the motivation of everybody. The criminals have motivation. Mm-hmm. They didn't have much of an opportunity. Everyone was sort of, everyone in the movie was sort of thrust into something mm-hmm. and didn't have much choice and is trying to do the best they can. Some are choosing just, I'm gonna go full criminal. Some are like trying to mm-hmm. get out of this life. Um, so it's, 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 I liked it. I liked it a lot. Very cool. You know? 
All right. Well, I was fortunate enough to see a preview screening of Bumblebee. It's not out for uh, another week or two. How and, do you uh, consider this fortunate? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I have it's to limit a little a, a little background on this movie. First of all, that um, I was not excited at all when I heard that this movie got announced. I'm like, oh, another Transformers movie. They're all god awful. They're unwatchable. Why would I want to see a spinoff? And then as I started hearing a little bit more about it, I started getting a little more excited. Set in the 80s, set like um, the Transformers that I actually grew up with, everything from the way they were designed to the way the characters, the way they actually were. Directed by the um, director of Kubo and the Two Strings, an animation director, someone who can actually understand what these Transformers should actually look like. Uh, Michael Bay, just producing, still made me nervous, but not involved in the script or anything like that. He's such so, an interesting guy, right? Hor- horrible, horrible. He's um, so... Uh, I went to this movie slowly getting a little excited. The other thing in a weird way that made me a little more excited to see the movie, it had a slashed budget. It had a much lower budget than a a, a regular Transformers movie. And uh, it still had a big budget, but not the way that, not a Michael Bay budget. Right. So those movies are his movies are 150 to 200 million dollar budgets. Yes. Yeah. And this was this was uh, like closer to the. the And do all the Transformers movies make money? Yeah. They all make money, although it's been a law of diminishing returns. Each one is made a little bit less. Yeah. But they're all unwatchable. They're they're absolutely horrible. So, but they help sell video games. Yeah. Do you like any of the let's say comic book movies? Oh yeah, absolutely. Your yeah. big Marvel? Yeah, Marvel and uh, I liked Wonder Woman. The DC ones not so much, but uh yeah, right. huge Marvel. To clarify here, according mm-hmm. to IMDb, the budget was one hundred and twenty-eight million dollars. Right, which is under. Un- so that's a low budget. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> considering Michael Bay, movie, Michael yeah. Bay it's under two hundred is uh, is lower. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and here's the thing about this movie: it was good. It was actually a good Transformers movie. Chris, and I swear to God, it Chris was. Mancini. Yeah, I'm telling you, it was a good Transformers. James Mancini. <laughs> <laughs> It Do you know good. what you're saying? I am. I am. I know. I, I am saying it, and I am standing behind it. It was a... Now... Is this like a food critic saying Toby Keith's restaurant? Is that... Actually- <laughs> 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 oh God, I hope not. Uh, so, but the thing about this movie, let me just say, it was fun. It was nostalgic. It was... It had a story, which was already more than any of the other Transformers movies had. And it had interesting characters. And then it also had um, actual development between the humans and the Transformers. And everything about the Transformers was completely redesigned to actually make them actual characters because this guy, Travis Knight, was an actual animator. So we knew what to do. He said he actually took... We saw the um, um, the featurette after the movie and they interviewed him and the staff and the, the crew. And they were saying that... They actually went back and redesigned everything to look like the old Transformers, but also they took away a lot of the detail to make them look like what they're supposed to look like. Like when you look at a Transformer, especially growing up with them as a kid, when you would transform into a robot, they would like, okay, well, there's a plane wings on the back or there's a fender on the arm. So you could tell that they were made from a car or a plane or anything. But, you know, Michael Bay, all he did was make it gears and silver and metal and rubber. So all the charm of even the design of the characters was gone. Yeah. So... And every time he was interviewed about it, Travis Knight, there was a subtle dig to how 
everything Michael Bay did was wrong on these movies. So yeah. he kind of tried to avoid saying it directly, but everything he said, well, you know, we, we wanted to make it more expressive. We changed the design and all the things. Basically, he was saying, like, this is all the things that Michael Bay fucked up that we fixed <laughs> in this movie. When you and, have all uh, that money, yeah. you get away yeah. from, like, the details, yeah. right? Yep. So, and this yep. is, uh, so the biggest difference on this movie is um, you have a director who grew up with these toys, grew up watching the show, cared about these characters, and put his passion actually into the movie, whereas a uh, director like Michael Bay, who just didn't give a shit, and like, fuck you, this is good enough, this is all you deserve. And that comes through in the movie as opposed to the other movies that but we saw. Do you saw. think now, he does that, or does he think what he's doing what is what you guys... I mean, like, when a comic goes up, and we all like, oh, this guy's the hackiest dude, is he going up there going, I'm going to hack it up? Or is like... Does he think he's doing something? Does Nickelback think they're a bad band? Or do they think they rock? I think I think they rock. I think the hacky comic goes, no, I'm going to... Because they walk around. Like, you got comics who are Nickelback walk around like they think they're Led Zeppelin. You yeah. know what I'm yeah. saying? Yep. And so, like, does Michael Bay think... He's like, oh, I'm just going to do whatever. Is he like, oh, dude, you got to watch this, bro. Knock it out of the park. I think he has a complete disdain for the viewing audience that he's making the movies <laughs> for. I really do. I think he, he really has a hatred and a disdain for anyone who watches his movies because it really... There is such a lack of energy and um, effort to, to what he puts together. But now, you keep in mind, he comes from a visual arts background. He was a visual uh, artist. He was a music, dire- and, a music video director, yeah. right? And, no, he was a visual art supervisor, and then he made the transition to directing poorly. But everything that he does focuses literally on just the shot by shot. Well, look of how, how much money he yeah, makes. He yeah, can't be that yeah, bad. Yeah, I hate thing, that argument. Yeah, how things explode or how things look visually. That's the only thing these movies. I mean, I'm watching this movie, and I'm remembering the other Transformers movies, thinking. How is it possible that you've made giant robots fighting boring? And he did for like four movies. And now this movie, when the giant robots fight, it's actually choreographed. And it's interesting because an animator put every shot and sequence together. So it's far more interesting. Now, will it win any awards? Is it an amazing film? No. But it's what a Transformers movie should have been. It's fun, thin story. Fun characters and a, a um, basically a good popcorn. It's like movie. when you watch a network sitcom, you're like, "That's good." It's still a yeah. network sitcom, right? right and right. they can only go so far with it. Yeah. But what they yeah. did the best they could right. with the opportunity that they now, had. If gonna, there, now, if it could have used another polish on the script to get rid of the lines that were very. What's the word I'm looking for? Dumb? <laughs> you know, like there's a couple really where you just roll your eyes. I'm like, mm, how, that could have gone our way in a rewrite. How was Haley Stanfield? She was good. She was good. And they, you know, they gave her some, even when she's delivering these really dopey corny lines, she was good. But even like Travis and I tried to fix the dopey shit that um, Michael Bay put in like just in the, the kind of storyline because it's technically a prequel. Like, you know, Bumblebee can't talk in the Michael Bay movie, so he talks through the radio. So every time a song plays, that's really what he's saying. But in this movie, like, they have to kind of explain how that happens, why he can't talk like another robot, like, ripped out his voice box. But uh, at the beginning of the film, you know, you see him, he's actually talking, and he's actually a fully fleshed character. I'm like, oh, yeah, this would have been much more interesting if you could have allowed the character to speak. So it, it's just, it's so many things. Like, he could only fix so much. Dude, when you got yeah. all those special effects, you yeah. got to cut a couple voiceovers. Yeah, yeah. You got to get, you know, like, oh, you we, know? Can, we can't afford another voiceover you, actor. You Forget barely it. put money yeah, into the yeah. script, which is, I think, <laughs> the biggest problem with right. movies right now. It's just mm-hmm. like, dude, the 70s were the best. The script right. writing was top mm-hmm. shelf. 
you know, well, and it's got all the fun '80s songs in it. You know, Bumblebee's watching The Breakfast Club and what you know, one of the scenes. Like, it's got those references in it, and uh, they even played like uh, the song uh, "You've Got the Touch," which is the um, uh, what was the the movie that's actually from the animated mm-hmm. version of the film. So there's all these kind of like uh, Easter eggs in it. So, like I said, it won't win any awards, but it's the Transformers movie that we should have had many years ago where it was it was just fun it was interesting it had some character to it and it was just charming and it didn't have a thousand transformers in it it had bumblebee a couple villains and a couple cameos but then it was able to focus on the actual story so um honestly this is i i really feel like this is a course correction on the transformers movies so um now when it comes out and everyone disagrees with me, I'll be curious to hear it. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I liked it. I can't my, wait for that. My you family got hot takes, it. bro. Yeah, hot yeah. Takes. My family liked it. Uh, you know, my kids liked it so much they want to see it again. And um, it was just, it was, it was interesting when, you, when you've been fucked over so many times on these movies by Michael Bay. It's almost like you're not even enjoying the movie. You're just getting, getting relief by watching the movie. <laughs> Like, like, oh, finally. Like, was Transformers so hard to make a right. decent popcorn movie? Was it that difficult? Giant robots transforming and fighting? Was it that hard to make it interesting? Um, and Travis Knight said, no, it wasn't. It was just being done wrong for a decade. So, All right. I saw uh, Chasing Train, this really mm-hmm. cool documentary on Netflix about John Coltrane, which was like... You know, Netflix is making and producing and buying really great documentaries. And this yes. is another... Their docs are knocking it out of the park. Right. Unbe- and they can't stop them. They're just mm-hmm. so awesome. And then their feature scripted movies. Yeah. Wow. What the it's hell like is going Marvel, on? It's like Marvel, yeah. like TV show. It's like, I don't know what happened, <laughs> but yeah. the movies... I like them. I right. like them. Yeah, I right. go in there expecting what that yeah. is, and I mm-hmm. enjoy it. And the reason that they're the only movies anyone go and see because you know what you're getting. You're getting mm-hmm. good. Right. Like everything else is such a crapshoot. Like we we're talking for 20 bucks to see a movie. Yeah. Like, like you're not going to risk it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You bring a family. It's like Marvel right, TV 50, shows. $60. Garbage. Mm-hmm. Like garbage. <laughs> it, it, they always have that one hot chick that can act, but she's so stunningly beautiful that you just, fuck it. I mean, just, she's hot as hell, right? So you don't care. And it's every single Netflix original program. Just one chick who can't act and do anything. Boom. She's got a job. But their docs knocking out. Of the, it's so interesting. It's And this doc, man, they did an amazing well, job. You're not going to be seeing Marvel TV shows on Netflix much longer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that, that whole thing is just That's getting ending. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. this is like, so they interviewed, you know, his family, his kids, guys that played with him. And they did a really amazing job of like stuff, some stuff. I, I'm a huge jazz fan of Coltrane. I'm a Miles Davis fan. And, and um, you know, the history of, and, and the thing that was so amazing about John Coltrane, he was not a prodigy. He was in the Navy got in 1945 mm-hmm. and he was stationed in Pearl Harbor. And the first known recording of John Coltrane was in the Navy band. Mm-hmm. And they're like, he wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. He rehearsed and practiced. That's so many people are like, oh, Coltrane, man. We were in this hotel after a gig. He'd be he'd be practicing and practicing and practicing. Finally, someone would go, hey, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then he would just work on the finger work. He would take his mouth not and just keep practicing. So he, he would do it in the bathroom during br- breaks between sets. Mm-hmm. Like it, it it was amazing. And you know he he was struggling with heroin and they and there was like why well, everyone was doing heroin back then um 
because and Charlie Parker did heroin and this one guy goes this is it was a stupid myth people thought if I shoot heroin oh I'll, be, I'll be as good as Charlie Parker <laughs> it's like no Parker was a was a genius <laughs> yes whose heroin addiction fucked up his career. Show me the data on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's an instant Charlie yeah, Parker. Yeah. No, nothing ever at heroin goes better. Yeah. No, never. It's never been a formula no. or a recipe mm. for anything other than death and destruction. It's mm. it's horrible. So, so, and you see Coltrane, you know, he was with Miles Davis's band initially. Heroin got in the use. Davis kicked him out. Then his second... Um, stint when he got sober with John Col- with uh, with Miles Davis was like when they made Kind of Blue, which that album is fucking unreal. And then um, they talk about when he made Love Supreme, which is you know Kind of Blue and Love Love Supreme is one of the most amazing album. It's just like it's transformative to me, and Kind of Blue is just beautiful poetry. And you know Coltrane was a part of all of that, and 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 how he did it and then later in his career and this happened to him and both miles davis they started like they kept transcending jazz and some people didn't get it later in their career like right. this isn't jazz and they're yeah. like mm-hmm. what do you mean talking about right. we fucking created bebop what do yeah. you who, who are you to tell us and you know that whole scene man thelonious monk Dizzy Gillespie, I mean, all those guys. All those jazz guys had the best names. No, the was, best names. Was the, uh, They're opposite of porn stars. Was the, movie yeah. like, <laughs> was the movie a mix of like archival footage and like recent interviews? Yes. Or like, what was it? it was, and that, they did a great job with that, which mm. is, which is uh, you know, we talk about that a lot. As the do- and this is, a histo- this is a very specific type of doc. It's a right. historical figure documentary. Mm. So they did a great job. And the filmmaker did a really cool job. So the, the the modern footage is, you know, nice, high-def, lockdown interview footage. Intercut with a lot of black and white photos and black and white TV. And so when the, when the filmmaker would do certain graphics, they would do the graphics in that sort of style of... So the Blue Note label had that very specific type of photography for the labels and that artwork, the graphics on the Blue Note, that was the jazz. So they would do animated graphics like that. And they did a cool thing of like, you know, the timeline, you know, his, his Coltrane's timeline and, and where he started. And, and it just did really cool because that's the thing. When you're, when you're dealing with, we talk about this a lot, sit down interviews and black and white photos and some black and white TV or whatever, you, you, you know, how do I make this visually stimulating as a filmmaker? Well, they did a wonderful thing. They have this awesome music. And so they did animation to that to make it more visual. That's great. To, oh, to, cool. yeah, to, for the transitions and to get you back and forth between mm-hmm. telling the story. And so it's a really... Like you're saying, man, like you can't lose with these Netflix docs. Yeah. You don't have to wonderful. be a jazz fan. You, if you're mm-hmm. like, eh, I'm never that big of a jazz fan, watch this. It's an amazing story. Because mm-hmm. he's just one of those guys that was like a trendsetter. You know, just did something, did different things. And and who did he start with? You know, he started, he was in Parker's band. He was in Miles Davis' band. So he's, you know, Dizzy Gillespie. And, he's, and he learned from these other, like who came before him, trendsetters. So it's it's a great doc. It's like right. you may be more talented than me, but you won't outwork me. You yep. know, that's <laughs> yep. the whole thing. That's the whole thing. And you see that in athletes too. Yeah, like mm-hmm. like they don't have the like Jerry Rice. If you saw him, mm-hmm. you know the famous wideout for the San Francisco 49ers. Like he has every 
every single rushing, uh, every single passing or catching, uh, receiving, re- receiving yards. Uh, but dude, if you saw him, you would know he was like a world class athlete. No, he out mm-hmm. he outworked everybody. Yep. Mm. And there's a lot of guys that had more taller, fa- faster, stronger, whatever. I love that stuff. I love watching people go through the process. Mm-hmm. That's so much better than this American Idol crap that they're throwing out. Yep. And I think there's some people get consumed with making it more than building like a brand that's a strong brand that will weather the ups and the downs and all that stuff and that takes time well you know it seems like the goal isn't to be you know a great artist it's to be get on one of these shows to be famous and rich and famous where coltrane was like and he wanted to express himself artistically Mm. yeah he wanted to make a living and do well but it was more about where i'm at dude that's where we got to be at because i think i think i resonate with it because you know we've all been doing this a while We've all chased the TV shows and all that other stuff. I've had a little taste of doing some TV or whatever. I, I don't. I want to only. Do it's what I, work, dude. I want to do what I, what I feel good and authentic about. I don't want to. You know, I don't want to do commercial jingles, and you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like it's like, like Coltrane. Like he went up in his room for like weeks, and his family never saw him. And then he comes down and goes, oh, "I wrote Love Supreme." That's what he did. Mm-hmm. He didn't go, what's commercially going to sell you the pop charts? Yeah. He just did his thing. And it was so, it's so fascinating to watch. Dude, I love that, man. It's almost like when you watch Bill Burr mm-hmm. do uh, work new material and he bombs. He like, and I mean that in the most loving sense, like he goes up there and he's not afraid to eat it and he just goes through it. And that to me is like an education. Yeah. Like watching somebody just go through this and the process... It goes through to achieve greatness, which is like somebody said it. Like the price of of success is fail. The admission for success is failure. You got to go. You got to fail. And uh, it's fun to watch people go through that and then come out on the other side. Yeah, Coltrane got sober on his own. Mm-hmm. He did what they called the old old school cold turkey. Locked himself in his house and just did heroin withdrawal, not in a hospital which is insane. Yeah, that's not, not the best way to do <laughs> which it. Which is insane, mm-hmm. insane. So, all right, so check it out, Chasing Train, the John Coltrane documentary. Um, okay, we've got some uh, Patreon Come sponsors. Come on, thank you for supporting you know. the show, you pit Patronis. Thank you so much for uh, for December. Johnny Rulon's still with us. He's promoting his novel Green Cheek, A Junkie's Guide to Street Magic. It's on Amazon, both digital and hard copy. It's a stream of consciousness novel which follows the exploits of the muse Calliope and her mortal lover T.S. on a journey through time, dreams, at the hidden places of a supernatural America. The website is happyhorrorshowproductions.com, happyhorrorshowproductions.com. And the Audacity Performing Arts Project. They produce after-school performing arts projects in poor, underfunded, and low-performing schools. Performing arts education is not a luxury. Please visit them at audacityperformingarts.com. That's audacityperformingarts.com. And from Chris Parker Howard, Coffee Over Suicide, a dramedy podcast about mental illness and choosing life over death, one cup of coffee at I a time. I love that. Uh, new episodes every Friday, wherever podcasts are found. Find out more at coffeeoversuicide.com. I love that. That's coffeeoversuicide.com. <clears throat> and Alice Frazier, co-host of the Bugle podcast and Tea with Al- host of Tea with Alice, brings you a series of three genre-bending solo stand-up shows. They explore the boundary between comedy and tragedy. The shows were recorded back-to-back as a three-hour show on the Melbourne International Comedy Festival in April 2018 with a binaural microphone, which creates an intensely immersive listening experience. And... Over 100,000 downloads on 
uh, on the the special so far. Oh, congrats! Uh, yeah, AliceFraser.com. Uh, that's Fraser with an S, F A R A S E R. And Rebecca Evans, the art podcast. When we move past hesitation, we're true to ourselves. We find our own art in life. When you hear some fun stories and get inspired, check out the art. That's Hi, at Rebecca. Facebook. Uh, hey, Rebecca, that's uh, Facebook.com slash The Art Podcasts with an S. And last but not least, La Calavera by Alan Ross. It's the story of a pirate radio operator who decided to go into the pirate cable TV business. Darren Loney, together with a group of misfits and the questionable guidance of a spiritual advisor in the form of Richard Nixon, gear up to take on the world's largest media conglomerate and its egomaniacal celebrity CEO. It's on Amazon and ebook and hard copy. All right, let's take let's look at some trailers, Graham. Now oh. you know the big one that just came out, uh, the Avengers Endgame okay. first teaser trailer. So we got to talk about that. Uh, let's play it, and uh, as you watch it, you'll notice that um, it deliberately just gives you a taste. It's so calculated these uh, these trailers, like the way they release and roll out. Like you're not going to get a giant fight battle sequence. You mean the, first the Avengers are run. coming to an end? So um, well this. Itineration of the Avengers, yeah. Aww. Mm-hmm. This thing on? Hey, Miss Ponce. If you find this recording, don't feel bad about this. Part of the journey is the end. Just for the record, being adrift in space with zero promise of rescue is more fun than it sounds. I wonder if there's anybody watching this trailer. Food and water what happened before this? Four days ago. <laughs> Oxygen will run out tomorrow morning. That'd be it. When I drift off, I will dream about you. It's always you. Could have just played that and I would go. Thanos to did. Yeah, I know. Just exactly the other logo. He said he was going to do. Going to dust. He wiped out 50% of all living creatures. We lost. All of us. We lost friends. We lost family. We lost a part of ourselves. This is the fight of our lives. This is going to work, Steve. I know it is. Because I don't know what I'm going to do if it doesn't. We'll see. Shoot you in and out in two two weeks and you get $10 million. Maybe they'll come back. This is Scott Lang. We met a few years ago at the airport in Germany. I got really big. Is this an old message? Ant-Man, Ant-Man, I know you know, I know you know that. What's the front door? That's me. Can you buzz me in? Ant-Man's such a great addition to <laughs> the, 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 you know, the Avengers. So, all right. Now, the, what I loved about this trailer is it literally gives you nothing on story, plot, and like it just—it's just enough to get you excited. Oh yeah, that's right. That's coming out 
next summer. I don't need to see another trailer. I'm already there. You, so, uh, yeah, it's it's the thing I like about they could save a hundred million dollars in a marketing campaign. Just you know, put out on YouTube what the date is, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, it's an Avengers movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> you don't. You know what anymore. you're getting. Yeah, I know, mm-hmm. and uh, like maybe that. 15 seconds of Tony Stark talking to his helmet going up. I'm not going to make it. Just show me that (laughs) date. I'm in. You know you've got, like, come on. Yeah, yeah. Like, you you don't need to sell me on any of this. There's very few people going like, oh, well, I saw the first Avengers um, Infinity War. I'm not going to see the second one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How many people are doing that? Why not? Yeah. I mean, it's wonderful. I, I, dude, I thought like when I saw the first Avengers, I'm like, when people were doing this genre back in the day, this is what they dreamed of. It. Yes. yes, what it would yep. look mm-hmm. like. Yep. They, mm-hmm. We've gotten there. We finally mm-hmm. figured it out. I mean, right. this is the thing where, you know, there's much to criticize about some of Hollywood's decisions or whatever, and the movies they greenlight and the ones they don't. But this fucking franchise is awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's everything it's you when want. When it's done correctly, big yeah. show business fun hollywood to, to be you wanted mm-hmm. it, it's the joy you had when you watched star, it, star wars the, when now, you were a kid or i understand it's not for everyone but you know what it's for enough it's for, <laughs> yeah it's doing pretty good there's enough uh has it ever gotten any oscars no that's there you go it's like back in the day when i was young and, and the oscars was an event there were movies that we all loved that were yeah. getting awards now mm-hmm. it's become this like this elitist niche thing. Well, you know, that might change. We'll see if Black Panther gets uh, some nominations. I think it will, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, but I then Black Infinity Wars gets nothing? Honestly, I mean, like, that was an awesome movie. Out you know? of the two movies, I liked Black Panther, but I liked Infinity War better. Way more. Yeah, I yeah. mean, dude, Black Panther was fine, but mm-hmm. it's like Infinity War is like, that was great. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, there's nominations that could come out of these films. Yeah, I think for so. sure you could pull some nominations mm-hmm. out of Black Panther. You could pull some nominations out of Infinity War. I mean, you like could. these are really cool. Um, more than just graphics or or right. special effects nominations. Mm-hmm. Like you could put some. There's some yeah. great performances in there. But well, it's interesting. Like the Academy was like, well, we're going to have a popular movie category now, and nobody knew or understood what that meant or what it was going to be. Including the Academy, right? So then they pulled him. Like, well, we're we're not going to do it this year. Oh no, you're not going to do it ever because it was a ridiculous and stupid idea. I think the Kevin yeah. Hart thing, whether it was constructed or what, just is a bad look for the Oscars. Yeah. Well, and you know what they're even saying now? They're like, well, maybe we won't go with a we won't do a host at all now. Like, I think that's even use... worse. Yeah. I think it's even worse, man. I think you're just you're 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 basically just isolating yourself in the corner I'm, instead of going. What what do we gotta do to get people to love this again? The Oscars include everybody. Yeah, they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do to bring this show dragging and screaming into the. I'll you know, tell you what the, the what fu- the situation is, man. It's they are the, the rich ruling elites of yes! Hollywood, right? So the ruling elites anywhere are just out of touch. They don't get it. Hollywood has no clue what the rest of the country's like. None. Like, you know, the no. Academy was trying to diversify and get, like, like it was, it, 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 you know, race is only part of the problem. The other part of the problem is age. You know, uh, you Ageism, need to, you, for sure. You need some uh, uh, Academy members that are under 70. There are, <laughs> there, hey, dude, it's my theory I talk about on Tifoja. Trust fund kids are ruining everything. I mean, the, the <laughs> Emmys was a giant trust fund kid award <laughs> show. And it's just like they're getting it. And it used to see it all the time. You'd be like, oh, that's blah, blah. Now it's every, I mean, it's everybody. And it's just inclusive, dude. This, no, this notion that just all white guys are dumb and stupid and they've ruined everything, <laughs> which isn't true at all. It's like, why would anybody watch that? 
I know. Why would it's the worst business model I've ever seen in my life that you can just shit on a giant segment of society to judge all like any group as negative. It's like you gotta judge people on an individual basis. And it's just why would anybody in Oklahoma want to watch the Oscars? You're right. giving a movie to uh, a guy who opened up a gay bathhouse and is fighting for glory holes in the fuck bathroom stall, and that's like the amazing movie. It's like it's, it, nobody, it's and it's like up an for idiot. best special effects. It, it, it's so <laughs> weird, man. It's like there's nothing wrong with being a little mainstream. Like I love um, Chris D'Elia as much as I love Doug Stanhope. They both mastered that. There's nothing wrong with right. that. Right. Oh, the Oscars. So, we've talked about it for years. They're yeah. so out of touch, and they we'll be talking like, oh, about it again for yeah. sure. And, and, and they listen, keep going in the worst. They keep going in the worst direction. Well, directions. you know, it's almost at the point now where, we're like, well, what's the next dumb Oscar decision we're going to hear about? Like, you know, I'm sure it'll be something dumb uh, beginning of the year or something. Here's the problem: is everybody wants change as long as they get theirs. Okay, so these people, they're all for diversity, but they still want their seat. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, you're how are you going to put people in there if they refuse to go away? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. There's it's only one point. seat. Um, now, it's interesting. We were talking about Liam Neeson that we're, we're going to watch this trailer. And it's Liam Neeson playing exactly against the Liam Neeson type. So I found this trailer interesting. All right. Hey, it's, Portal, call Rory. It's kind of a Taken, but it's it's like if Liam Neeson oh, watched a Taken. No, the, yeah, this is just the commercial. Oh. But... Uh, the robots uh, are taking over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, they already have. The nerds just love it. <laughs> Come on. What's going on? Oh, they did. Uh... I'm very honored to be named Kehoe Citizen of the Year. I'm just a guy who keeps a strip of civilization open. When you he doesn't have a very special set of skills. He drives a snowplow. Does he get pushed too far? I was lucky. I picked a good road early, and I stayed on it. Mr. Coxman? What can I do for you? It's about your son. He died of a heroin overdose. We didn't know our own son. Kyle wasn't a druggie. Sorry, but all the parents say that. You're gonna have to say a few words. Kyle's dead. Tell me what happened. He got mixed up with some drug dealer. Viking. He likes hurting people. What is it with all these nicknames? Speedo, Viking, Eskimo. It's a gangster thing. Did you have a nickname? Wingman. Wingman. Gonna kill him. No, those guys. One guy could disappear. Two? Who wants me dead? Three of Vikings drug dealers have disappeared. What makes you think you can kill a man? I read it in a crime novel. Okay. <laughs> I think this trailer is what are doing you doing? any justice. My job. doesn't happen in Keogh. It just did. You know what it feels like? Like, we're going to put Liam Neeson in a Fargo, but we're not going to hire the Coen brothers. They're too expensive. Because <laughs> I feel like it's kind of a cool idea, but I'm like, I'm thinking it's, this is the kind of movie that's not going to know what it wants to be. Because it's an action thriller, but then it's got, like, satire to it. Yeah, 
All right. Remember how I was talking about Nels widows? Coxman, mm -hmm. Citizen of the year. The like. Good when a regular person suddenly just becomes a fucking a badass, a badass yeah. Navy SEAL, like that's, I have a problem with that. And based on this trailer, he's like, how are you going to kill? Because everyone thinks, oh, I'd like to get, it's not easy, I would imagine, <laughs> to start killing somebody, yeah. to just yeah. become a murderer, like an act of. And specifically going after um, criminals Crimin and murderers. Criminals. And, uh, yeah. Guys <laughs> who dealers. do this kind of shit for yeah. a living. The, for, who are actual murderers. Yeah, the yeah. tow like truck the guys. Whoa, I know Kung Fu. And yeah. they're just, they know everything yeah, right there. <laughs> I just sort of am like, look, I'm all down with Liam Neeson's second act of his life, just being Johnny Taken, taking everybody out. So part of me is like, all right, now he's in Alaska fucking murdering people. Right. Fine. That very much has a Steven Seagal type right. movie. Yeah feel to it i was you know a little disappointed there wasn't a wolf in the trailer yeah <laughs> been cool mm -hmm. i you know <sighs> one of the wolves from the gray followed him home you know <laughs> i maybe you're right chris <laughs> maybe there's more to this movie than that trailer just yeah, showed yeah. us which... i really felt like that you know because we've seen so many trailers i felt like that trailer well what what am i supposed to show with this quirkiness like a farginess or is it an actual um, thriller, or is it like, well, this movie's all over the map. I don't know what to do with it. I mean, are they going to do that one little thing that they always do? Like, hey, John, you ever talk to your old army buddies? Oh, that was years ago. Like, he's a soldier. You know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I used to do some, well, you know, some some cage fighting, but oh, yeah. I was a younger man then. Like, <laughs> well, you know, the people in special forces don't like to keep in touch. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know it's Navy SEALs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't been a SEAL for decades. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I like tro being a tow truck driver. <laughs> All right. I'm so, probably going to see that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I like those I movies, dude, too, too, but yeah. I, that one looked mm -hmm. a little weird. Mm -hmm. It does. They're almost like, hey, dude, what can we do that hasn't been done? Fargo, an action flick in yeah. Fargo. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. just what they do right now. It's Let's, just. What can mm -hmm. we do? All right. How, can we, how many ways. Where have we not had? Oh, let's go up into the frozen tundra so we can kill mm -hmm. guys with a snow plow and a mm -hmm. and an ice chipper and a. How does that movie get made? Does someone like write that movie and then like, oh, do we got Liam Neeson to do it, or do they go, let's write something for Liam Neeson that nobody's ever done? I think what happened after Taken was so successful, they just had a board. Yeah. <laughs> Liam's gonna like, he's gonna do this, he's gonna do that, and then they ran out, and someone was like, "Alaska, done, yeah. done, yeah, yeah, yeah." There's got to be a script with these elements around somewhere. And they just yeah. grab these mm -hmm. things together and they tape together as yep. a screenplay. They put it together. So, um, all right, on DVD and Blu-ray, um, <laughs> Equalizer Two. What were we just? Talking? Yeah. <laughs> yep, Equalizer Two. <laughs> Um, I like the first one. I love the first one too. I didn't oh see the second. God, one. I, I thought, he's, I thought uh, it was he, awful. Really? Yeah, I loved terrible. it. I thought it. Oh. He was I thought very... it was how to kill people in a Home Depot. Yes. <laughs> yeah, dude. Nobody's <laughs> done that. I know. It's like the, For my an only hour. my only complaint is he just every time he kills someone he should have gone. You've been equalized. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only thing I wanted to see. So it had a little pack of fake sugar. Yes, of course. <laughs> You're equalized. He throws the sugar down. That's his calling card. Yeah, dude. Know? I do miss that cheesiness of the 80s and yeah. 90s. Yes, yes. That weird tag, you know? Yeah, I love that. I pity the fool. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> Something. Yeah, Something. dude. So the next movie is Smallfoot. This is one of those animated kind of just like 
thing mm-hmm. to put it into trick kids into bringing their parents to. It looked yeah. awful. Yeah, like uh, kind of like you know, oh, look, the Yetis are scared of the humans. I'm like, oh, okay, we're running out of things to animate. What's going yeah. on? <laughs> yeah, yep. looked terrible. Uh, and the next movie. Speaking of, uh, I you love know, peppermint. Peppermint now. Jennifer Garner got her taken, and yep. it was awesome. And uh, now this was a movie that, interestingly, um, it did give you a, you know, um, kind of like an opportunity to use your imagination on how she got so well trained as that. a uh, as a killer. <laughs> and I mm-hmm. bought it. I was mm-hmm. fine with it because it was like. She was gone. She was off the grid for five years. Yeah, yeah. all right. Yeah. So she trained with mercenary. Yeah, 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 yeah. She met Raja. She started dating yeah. someone in Mossad. <laughs> <laughs> she was yeah. just met an Israeli soldier. Learned mm-hmm. real quick how to kill everybody. Yeah, and joined yeah, yeah. the League of Shadows. Yeah, and now yeah. she's back. Yeah, makes sense. And it only took five years, so it wasn't even that long. So. Anyone can be. Can become a badass killer in five years? Yeah, yeah. I think so, you if, know. if you put your mind to it. Yeah. You dedicate yourself, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So there's 10,000 If you hours live on the top of the snowy mountain in a monastery, of course, that's all you're going to have to do. So and you got a girlfriend people. that yeah. believes in you, right? You're like, yeah. This. yeah. You don't want that girlfriend that doesn't <laughs> yeah, believe you yeah. to be a top shelf assassin. Yeah. They're going to put doubt in you, and then it won't work out. You're going right. to You're going to eat rice. Yeah, or you're isolated, kill puppies. You're isolated with all you have is your revenge. Yes, and that's what feeds you. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't eaten in three years since they killed my master. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so, so um, yeah, five years of a revenge buffet, and then you're ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) Low carb. That's revenge. Mm -hmm. Definitely low carb. Definitely low carb. All right, and the site Spotlight Fan Feedback, everything is still on sale in the uh, store. Use the code Skynet, and you get everything, and the Doug Benson CDs We're are extending still that into... Into the end of the month. End of the month. We yeah, said to the 31st. All the way through the 31st, guys, mm-hmm. do your holiday shopping with us. The Doug Benson CDs on sale, four ninety nine. Yep. Free T-shirt with every T-shirt order. Yes. The downloads are working. The message boards are back up. Say hi to Charlene. Yes, and uh, we did have one issue that I went over today. Um, we When the cart got upgraded, one of the emails kind of blew up. That was the order's email. So if you had an issue with your order, um, we didn't get the email. So make sure you... in. Email us at info at comedyfilmnerds.com. The orders email is not working anymore. So info support small businesses, you guys. Yeah. I know Amazon is cheaper, but I know, you know and Jeff it's Bezos like, has a seventy-five million dollar Gulf. Yeah, Street. we don't we don't have that. Unbelievable. <laughs> He's the worst. Yeah. So um, you know we we apologize if like you did send an email about an order and we didn't get it uh, maybe a couple weeks ago or whatever. So please email us again. I was able to actually um, go into the. Uh, the database and actually pull the old email so I'm actually getting to those uh, but if I miss it and like you want to do a return or you had a problem with the order please e- email info at comedyfilmnerds.com even if it was from two months ago we'll we'll catch up and we'll uh, we'll take care of you cool so all right premiering this week uh, another Marvel weekend this is yep. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse I'm actually really excited we're gonna about do this a movie. spoiler wrap on yeah yeah it looks really fun and we're actually gonna have um, helping us review the movie uh um, Mark Guggenheim, and he was one of the writers for Spider-Man. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll have some interesting insight for Into the Spider-Verse. So Deadpool 2, the PG-13 version. Well, so, they used to be R? Used to be R, yeah, yeah. So they're releasing it just for the holidays at PG-13 to uh, you know, get a younger audience in. I love Deadpool. I love mm-hmm. Marvel. This is just a money grab. Of course it is. Yeah, you know, absolutely. We need to include the they're kids. They're going to ruin everything. It's just Don't. like, it's, dude, it's, you had gold. Why go it's, to it's PG? A, it's a weird release window, too. It's like you've got... A, it's such a crowded field with all these other big-budget movies coming out. Like uh, So... 
it must be that kind of thing where like well can we get another couple million out if we do this like i really think like you said it's it's definitely a money grab but i wonder how much it's actually going to make i don't, I don't know. know if they think they're going to squeeze <clears throat> another 2 300 million out i would be shocked that would be a lot like even if they I get i think that's what they're banking on really that much i think, think they're looking to at least get 150 million out of this really yeah absolutely hmm. uh, well then it would be a correct decision <laughs> <laughs> for sure yeah for sure. Um, and the next movie is The Mule. This is the Clint Eastwood movie. I'm excited to see this movie. Yep. I, I love Clint Eastwood. I love watching even in his, um, his you know, his Cranky his Twilight, his yeah. twilight years. Get off my lawn. He's still yeah. putting out Talking interesting movies. Chairs. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm still, I still, I want to see it. And it, 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 it's such an interesting idea of like, here's a guy, an old guy who's still a mule for drug dealers. Like what? Why would you? Dude, I have a, like a six, like, I have like a fifty-five-year-old crack dealer near my house. <laughs> right? What do you yeah, gonna but, do? I you mean, know, good for him staying in the game. Fifty-five-year-old crack dealer. <laughs> that's still like thirty years younger than Clint Eastwood. You know, so, I think a, a nine, an eighty-year-old mm-hmm. mule is. Mm-hmm. You know what? What's the retirement plan for drug mules? Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be a speech somewhere at the beginning. I'm like, all right, well, this is my last job. There's got to be. Gotta be. Right. <laughs> I, I I said I'd never do it again, but yeah. then we're coming to you know your daughter's yeah. cancer bills oh, yeah. are here. Is I need something. Yeah. I, I got to get this one, one last more payout. run. Yeah. One more. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that same line of dialogue of like. Well, after being a special op, it's yeah. that they'll just put one quick thing in there to just justify yeah. him still being a mule. And, uh, you know, after drinking that uh, super soldier serum, I could probably do one more. <laughs> yeah, you know, I would. <laughs> um, so Mortal Engines. This is the the next film uh, actually produced by Peter Jackson, not directed. But it, it's another kind of like young adulty dystopian kind of wanting to cash in on Hunger Games type of thing. I don't know. Um, it looks visually interesting. It's got like giant cities on wheels that actually attack each other. So oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that looks like a cool, interesting idea. But I, I don't know the the movie. I think it could go either way. I don't want to get Maze Runnered again. Don't. Yeah. Don't get Maze Runnered, Chris. You've been on a. You've had a I tough t- a tough yeah. go. With you know, I got I I um against all odds. I got Bumblebee was good, so I don't want to push my luck. What do you guys, <laughs> Rochambeau for this? Yeah. <laughs> Who has to take the shitty looking yeah. movie? Yeah, we we kind of do. We 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 trade. Yeah, off we trade off. Mm. I usually it's kind of there's just an unwritten rule. If there's something that potentially kids, he'll take it. Yeah. And if there's some just like. Yeah, if there's Taken in the Snow, then I'm going to go see yeah. that probably. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Taken at the Circus. Taken yeah. at the Circus. Oh, I would the rodeo that. clowns got her, but they don't mm-hmm. know who they're messing no, with. No, you mess with the wrong rodeo clown. Yeah. <laughs> oh, kind of yeah. like a, uh, a, a high-speed chase on a um, circus train. That'd be great. Why'd you ever become a rodeo clown anyway? Mm-hmm. Oh, I did it between special forces. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Between that riding action, the, dog. Between riding the mechanical bull and uh, service in Afghanistan, this is kind of what <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had a mechanical bull at the Navy SEAL yeah, training yeah. center. We would do it on our off days. <laughs> <laughs> That's our episode, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. 445. Lock mm-hmm. it down, you Enjoy sons of it. bitches. So now, Sam, uh, why don't you uh, do a round of plugs? Okay, uh, mm-hmm. I have my special Armageddon that drops <laughs> this Friday on Vimeo. Go to Vimeo.com. Uh, just put in Sam Tripoli or stand-up specials. How much is it? The Viper Room. Well, you can rent it for one ninety nine or buy it for two ninety nine. And then also, my I, I, it, I broke it up into two. The first part's called Zero Fucks, and 
that's uh that's the same thing two ninety nine own dollar ninety nine to uh, rent. What and would you recommend I do, Sam? Would I well, should I rent it or should I buy it? Yeah, I, just buy, do something. That's all I got to say. Like, come on, man. I think you got to support this stuff. I do think mm-hmm. putting out your own special is the future. And the people who are doing it right now are really going out on a limb for those in the future. And there's mm-hmm. less suits involved, more peer-to-peer. Yeah. Support. Like, I buy people's specials now. Even if yeah. I, I yeah. can't watch specials because I just want to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. I want to be like, oh, man, I just want to work on my own. But I, if I know somebody puts out a special, dude... You know, I'll go yeah. out there and buy it. Support the arts, man. You know, it's so I'm really happy with it. I always wanted to do uh, my special at the Viper Room. That was like the first thing when I moved to LA. Like, I want to shoot my right. special at the Viper Room. Very cool. And uh, it ended up, it's gorgeous. And I'm very happy with it. So check it out. And then, you know, just the tour's been going great. We sold out Chicago. Nice. And, you know, we're kind of going down the same thing Graham's doing, doing it by himself. And uh, it's kind of fun, dude. You got to do it. You know, it's mm-hmm. the coolest thing. Like doing the. the yeah, you and Ron are, uh, you're the, booking your own venue the progressive right? comedy tour we're going to florida in january january mm-hmm. 9th through the 12th go to grandmelwood.com for tour dates but like it's the coolest thing and what sam's talking about is us as artists and we've done this a lot of comedy film nerds you know when we make our own thing and our own art it goes back to the coltrane documentary like we don't i don't want the suits i mean yeah there's bigger money but then there's someone saying you can't say this you got to say that you can't do this and it's like no man i want to just express myself and we're so lucky now that there is the technology and the platforms to which we can make something and just put it for sale like you're doing on Vimeo. Yeah. And we're like, we do our own, we do our own, Ron Placone and I mostly do our own ticketing. Sometimes we got fine venues and they really prefer their own ticketing, but we're getting the bulk of the door. So like when you buy one of our shows, no, it's going to give, it's paying for Ron and I to come out there. It pays for it. We're buying, we're booking our own travel. We're doing everything ourselves. It's a lot of work, but I feel like I have so much more control it's not like, oh, you had a falling out with this club owner and they booked 12 rooms around the country. You're done. Yeah. Like, right. or, they're, or, or that guy loved you and he got fired and the new person or, you yeah. know. Send a, said send a tape. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just, there's, a, there's, a, there's always been this invisible hand, uh-huh. you know, these gatekeepers. And there was a time if the gatekeepers didn't like you, you were done. Like done. One hit wonders. Why did we have one hit wonders? Because they wrote these songs and they wrote a song to hit. And then the radio stations, nope, we're not playing anymore, and they go away. Well, now that doesn't happen as much because through social media and all that, mm-hmm. you can go directly to your thing. It's all about creating your own pirate ship. Yeah. Be the captain of your own pirate ship. Find your brand, mine it hard, and just be like, you know, true to your, your fans, and they'll appreciate it, man. It's just, it's, it's hard work, but it, when you get to that place, it's a much, it, it, uh, you appreciate it a little more. My act is so much more political now, and I love it. I'm so happy with it. And I try it out at regular shows, and it does decent. But when I do those progressive shows. What's well, a targeted audience? Like, it's man, we show up. We had 100 people. We sold out in San Francisco. Nothing's better than selling 100 tickets. 100 tickets. And they all want to see you. You don't have to explain who you are. I don't have to prove myself to anybody. And the other thing, too, I make a joke. You know, somebody yelled something out, and I started to react like a comic getting heckled. And I started laughing because the person, they're not heckling. They're not like, oh, you suck. They're like clarifying like, actually, Graham, that ballot measure was passed. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. And it's, it's a it's, long, thought out, uh, fact-based heckle. It's not even a heckle. <laughs> it's like a clarification. Yeah. It's a polite. Yeah. And it's so awesome. A heckification. A heckification. It's, it's very just, interesting. <laughs> Bill Burr said best, when you're not famous, every show is an away game. Yes. And then like when you're like a 23-year vet and like, I just headlined my own first theater show. Right. 
23 years in. No one would, any other business model would never do that. Mm -hmm. Go 23 years to get to where you wanted to be. But when you start playing your own show, it's like, wow, this is what a home game feels like. Yeah, that's a great analogy. Okay, all right. Uh, anything else? No, you, dude, thanks it? for okay. having me on, guys. It's mm -hmm. always a pleasure. Right. Thank you, Sam. Graham? Yeah? Anything, uh, any specific dates you want to uh, Just uh, January 9th up? through the 12th in Florida. Uh, we're going to Gainesville, Orlando, Miami, and Jacksonville. Go to mm. GrahamElwood.com. We're going to be doing a progressive comedy tour once a month starting in January. That's great. So we're releasing date. We're going to Texas. We're going to Utah. We're going, they're all oh, on my website. So go buy the, and they all, the shows typically sell out. So get your tickets now. Mm. It's an awesome, and we have, you know, we have activists and we have like, the veterans for peace have set up tables and, oh, and talk to people and mm -hmm. you know democratic socialists and it's a, it's an awesome thing so check it out so that's cool. our show yeah all right and uh i want to mention we've uh, recorded every episode of conversations from the abyss they will start dropping in january i can now announce the actors that are on because i've actually recorded them they can't back out now <laughs> uh, uh how lublin mark agliardi rick overton graham Elwood, of course uh, cecil baldwin welcome from night vale um welcome to night vale and uh janet varney from um stand against evil um annie um, Annie Savage and uh, Randy and Jason Sklar did one this year. Oh, so nice. uh, it'll be really cool. They're going to start to drop in uh, January. And uh, the graphic novel is for sale. And again, it's also 20% off long ago and far away. And I'll be making a publishing announcement on that in uh, January. So, uh, but check it out. It will be, I, we do have signed copies that I'll be signing and sending out. And again, 20% off with the code Skynet. All right, that's our show. That's our show. Thank mm -hmm. you, Sam Tripoli. Thank you, Aaron Brungard, and everybody at the All Things Comedy World Headquarters. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first.